Welcome, everyone, to the Boondoggles, Blind Squirrels, and Broken Clocks podcast, part of the Sports Bros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined uh, via Zoom as I'm out in Las Vegas by my good friend and the gambling guru himself, Mr. Chad Ford. Chad, how are we doing this morning, bud? Oh, we're doing good, man. Not as good as you out there in Vegas, probably having a mimosa or two, sitting at the all-you-can-eat buffet, if they're even doing that anymore. They'll probably... They'll give you something for it, but uh, I'm just I'm just jealous of what you're living right now. Yeah, man, it's been fun out here. You know, we were talking right before we started hitting record on the pod, Chad. It, it's a little weird, right? So Vegas, I, I think it's about 50% capacity is what they call it, I guess. You know, I think March 15th, they kicked in some things and uh, uh, got a few more things open than what's normal. But yeah, the plexiglass in between the, uh, the blackjack tables, the poker rooms <laughs> are typically closed for the most part. And so definitely a different vibe. Come out here, play a little bit of golf and uh, – the weather, I would say, has not cooperated fully on that front as uh, you and I were swapping text and uh, uh, tweets uh, earlier in the week. But uh, enjoying it nonetheless. Hey, and, and thank goodness for the old lady, Chad. She's kicking ass at Blackjack, so she's making up for all my <laughs> shitty bets, bud. So. Well, behind every great man is a greater woman that always picks us up when we're when we're down. Absolutely. Hey, it's it's part of getting married, right? So now we're a team. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's that's part of it. I tell her half that's mine now. So that's usually the way it usually <laughs> went, goes the other way. So, but uh, no, she was crushing it last night at Blackjack. So we're having a good time. We're eating well. Uh, we're walking up and down the strip. So they, uh, like I said, temperature wise, it's been good. Been a little windy on that front, but uh, enjoying it nonetheless, bud. But lots of sports to talk about this week, Chad. So obviously we got a little UFC action. The uh, big mm-hmm. news is the NCAA Final Four is finally here. Uh, we've got NBA. We've got the start of Major League Baseball, my friend. So opening day coming up and uh, WrestleMania right around the corner as well, my friend. But as always, Chad, before we get into the sports talk, We've got to show some love to our sponsor, and of course, that is your favorite sports bar, my favorite sports bar. Of course, we're talking about Chalk Sports Bar. Now, now, Chad, as we're recording this, it's March 31st, my friend, and that's significant for a lot of reasons into the first quarter, but it's also the last day as we're recording this, and hopefully as our listeners are listening to this a little bit later on today, to go out, play around a round of golf, turn in your scorecard in our Eat More Chalk, Play More Golf giveaway. Now, uh, I think most of our listeners are probably aware of that contest since we've been pumping that one for a few weeks, but if you haven't uh, heard about it, the uh, the issue or, or the, uh, the 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 contest is go out, play around a round of golf, turn in that scorecard. You'll be entered into a drawing for a table for four on Master Sunday there at Chalk, so best seat in the house, and a two hundred dollar gift card as well. Uh, towards your tab there to watch all the action unfold on the back nine at Augusta in just two weeks time, my friend. So I think we're going to be picking a winner later on this week, Chad. So, but best seat in the house, not a bad seat in the house at Chalk, right? Not a bad seat in the house at all. So coming out, uh, eat more Chalk, play more golf. Um, We've got some things going on in the future for you guys, but right now just focus on the scorecard and come in and get the half price burger or sandwich. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. As always, uh, chalk, uh, uh, you know, just the, the best place to watch any sports action and, uh, and the food is, uh, is pretty good as well, my friend. So, uh, no, looking forward to, uh, to drawing a winner out later this week with our boy Jay Till over at the YSO podcast. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm hearing there's rumblings. I think we may, uh, announce this a little bit later on in the YSO pod this week that there may even be another prize drawing uh, coming up. Uh, for a master's week as well. So, but I'll let the J Till and uh, I think my man uh, Scooter Gers is maybe filling in for me while I'm on the road this week on the YSO pod. But we'll look talk at about that. that. 
later today. So maybe a little golf club giveaway there. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, well, well, Chad, before we get into the NCAA basketball, bud, you know, I want to talk a little bit about some action that unfolded on Saturday night, my friend. And of course, I'm talking about uh, the UFC, Francis Ngannou, the new heavyweight world champion, knocks out Stipe Miocic early in the second round. I mean, you know, Nganu was a scary guy to begin with, Chad, but he seems to have figured some things out now, right? It was brute force, strength, power. Now he's got a little bit of skill and a little bit of acumen, my friend, and he might be the scariest heavyweight that the UFC has ever seen. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Keith, right? Like every generation usually gets bigger, faster, stronger. The game evolves, the, the fighting evolves, or the sport evolves, whatever you want to say. And he is quickly becoming the scariest heavyweight because most of the time, if you look at the heavyweight champions from UFC past, they're not the, you know, the biggest, most athletic guys. I mean, being up around whatever it is, 250 pounds, and being able to move and fight is not something that's normally reserved for those guys. Like their, their body's just not as big, right? So, or their body's just too big for it. So him being nimble in shape, like nobody's business, um, has the punch out power. That's scary. I don't think his ground game's there yet, but I mean, it may not need to be because if you can't wrap him up and take him down, like there's no need going to the ground. Yeah, he, he is, he is dangerous. I mean, those hands, those fists, man, definitely yeah. just, just, he looks like a superhero, right? So, I mean, he just, yeah. like he's been, you know, cut out of a, uh, of a Marvel comic, but, uh, you know, obviously a lot of speculation, a lot of talk after the fight kind of wrapped up almost immediately, you know, John Jones doesn't wait to insert himself into discussion uh, from a UFC standpoint at all, but, uh, you know, kind of call him out. And that seems to be the next mega fight in UFC, you know, you know a lot of speculation that's going to be slated for later in the summer, maybe a July or August um, a UFC event there, but, you know, Jones, you know, we, we, we know that he is an incredible fighter, Chad. He hasn't moved up to heavyweight yet. That would be his heavyweight debut. And he's going to be fighting for the title right out of the gate. I know a lot of people that kind of rubs them the wrong way. It's like, well, he, he should, you know, have to win a couple of fights at heavyweight yeah. before he moves up. But, you know, the, the money's always going to talk in this sport, Chad. And that would probably be the, if I had to speculate again, the, uh, the greatest download ever from our UFC or pay-per-view rental, I should say, uh, in UFC history. But uh, your thoughts on that potential fight later this summer? Yeah, and I think it's one the the UFC kind of has to make. Every couple of years, the UFC goes through this to where the stars are changing because the sport changes so fast. Like, it's not like basketball to where if you get an all-star, he's going to be around for 10 years. Like, these guys have a limited shelf life, and it's probably two to three to four years on the amount of star power they bring. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, McGregor, when, when he first came out, you know, his, his high point was probably about four years ago when he was fighting um, Floyd Mayweather. Um, and now he's kind of on a downswing, like, you, you know, him and call it like Jorge Mazdaval, if they fought, it wouldn't be as big of a deal as it would have been four years ago um, in that situation. So, I think they're going to have to capitalize. They're going to have to start getting Naganu um, as many fights as possible. And, and let's be honest, John Jones, he's on the downswing, so he needs one last paycheck. He keeps tweeting that he is the, you know, the greatest. They should pay him like it. And it's it's kind of one of those. It's a it takes two to tango, bud. And 
outside the ring, you haven't really lived up to your end of the bargain on this deal. So should you be paid as much as the others? Uh, that's personally not what I think. But, you know, if if the fight's there, and um, I, I think the UFC needs to make it because losing a guy like Khabib, uh, having Adesanya lose earlier, um, there's not as many quote-unquote superstars out there that are in their prime. So I, I feel like they need this fight. And it, even when they just announced the new UFC 262 to where they're going to five-round five co-main event with Nate Diaz versus um, another – the guy escapes me right now. But it was kind of a eh, – that's what you're doing on a, on a main event? You know, I think it got announced last night. and I was just kind of taken aback sitting there going – all right, so you are needing fights. Like yeah, you're yeah. needing, you're needing. Um, I guess you would just say uh, you're needing inventory to kind of get it through. Yeah, that was uh, that's Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards, Chad. That's who, that's uh, it. Uh, yeah, yep. yeah. And Edwards, I mean, not not nearly as big a name uh, in the uh, in the fight game as for, certainly from a casual fan or from a mainstream fan. I, I agree with you 100 percent there. But uh, no, I, the the money will talk at some point. And and I agree. I mean, Jones. Uh, a controversial figure uh, throughout his UFC career. You can't can't deny the talent, that's for sure. But uh, again, yeah. hopefully he can get his uh, act together. And seems to have been you know laying relatively low, right? So haven't haven't heard his name uh, in the news for the wrong reasons here for uh, for a few months now. Uh, so hopefully that will stay the course at least through the summer. So those two uh, titans can uh, battle it out there in UFC. But you know, before we move on, Chad, I, you know I got to ask you the question: Stepe Miocic. You know, his legacy as a UFC heavyweight, you know, is he done uh, in your opinion? Does he maybe try to come back? You know, it seems like he would have to wait a little bit to get a rematch with Nganu at this point, given uh, this momentum with this John Jones fight that's uh, coming up. But, I mean, Miocic, a guy that, you know, didn't, you know, he did, he does not look like the Marvel superhero, right? So just kind of a, an, an average looking guy. But, man, you go back and look at his record and you look at the guys that he's defeated over his career, Chad, 20 and four, the overall record. I mean, he's he's going to go down as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, win, lose, or draw, regardless of what he does from this point forward, right? Absolutely. Um, it's going to be, like you said, win, lose, or draw. He, The guy had an absolute amazing trilogy with Daniel Cormier. Um, and I think, I think he has to hang his head high, but like I said, you only get two, three, four years in this thing, and I think he needs to be – proud of what he's accomplished but I think he's getting up there in age and you're going to start seeing like you know it's not load management so to speak but going through that type of uh you know sport can do some damage on you physically um you know he's talked openly about going into boxing um he still wants to try and go up there and box he thinks his skill set up there is, is is high enough that he can get into the boxing ring I think some of these little guys that are trying to go box uh, like a Conor McGregor or whatnot, I think they have a distinct disadvantage. Um, I, I think the little guys are a lot more skilled some, than some of those bigger heavyweights. And I think the, oh, the, the learning curve is easier to catch up on. So I, I think he might try some boxing because like you said, UFC may be a while until it comes around for him again. And so, you know what, let me try boxing because they'll put me at the front of the line. Boxing will do anything it can right now to sell tickets they'll put me at the front of the line and make me an attraction. And he's going into uh, what I would call the money-making time of his career. He needs to cash in a couple more times and say, I just need to take the most money available now to set up me and my family for the rest of our lives. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and again, he, he is a big enough name, a recognizable star to where he probably would get a couple of those paydays and, hey, you pocket 
five million here, ten million here, whatever it may be, and uh, and be set for life and kind of ride off into the sunset. But uh, no, uh, you know, not 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 necessarily a shocking finish uh, because I think uh, you know, Ganu may have even been the favorite. I think coming into that fight uh, Saturday night, but um, you know, the the just the power of that knockout, Chad. I mean, it was just crazy, crazy, crazy. So uh, definitely, definitely an inter- entertaining fight. Then the undercards were pretty entertaining as well, right? You had Sugar, yeah. Sean O'Malley that came back and he had a spectacular knockout as well. Uh, Tyron Woodley, he loses again. So it gets, uh, gets tapped out. And so his career uh, might be on the outs now at the at UFC. I think it's his fourth loss in a row. So, and he was a uh, former uh, welterweight yeah. champion, their middleweight champion. So yeah, he's, he's probably done at this point if I had to guess there. So yeah. Well, well, Chad, let's get into it, my friend. Let, let's talk college basketball. That's obviously the the big sporting event that's going on this week. Uh, we are down to the final four. So I went back and looked at our picks last week, Chad. We both went two for four. You know, we kind of we re, <laughs> re-picked the final four after the Sweet 16. So we both had Gonzaga in there. So we, we got that one right. I think everybody got that one right. I had Houston making the final four. You had Baylor. So we were both right on those. But, you know, let, let's recap the games, I guess, Chad. And maybe let's start with last night. Let's start with Gonzaga. Let's start with the favorite. We've been saying that's the, the chalkiest of the chalk uh, from a bracket standpoint. And, man, I, I really thought USC with that size and the, uh, the, the ability to defend the rim, Chad, uh, with the Mobley boys down, down low, I thought that they would be able to keep that game close, and I was dead wrong. Gonzaga just put on a clinic from a passing, from a cutting, from a moving without the ball standpoint. It was like all layups in the first half. Uh, just an impressive, impressive squad. I mean, any any chance that uh, they get derailed uh, before the national championship next Monday night, bud? <laughs> Keith, I think not only you, but I, I think a ton of people in the nation were um, not pleasantly surprised, but surprised like, like you to sit there and see USC just get absolutely dominated by Gonzaga. And credit to Mark Pugh and his coaching staff, because like you said, that defense that USC has is um, it's wonderful, but the thing is, is Mark Few recognizes that he was able to get all those big players, Mobleys, um, out of the lane with the back cuts and the moving offense. And it's one of those things. It's like you can't be a great defense or a rim protector if you're not around the rim. And so they spread them out, did the back cuts everywhere, and made one-on-one matchups for layups. That that speed just absolutely dominated them. So, um, you know, like you said, it's in one hand, you thought, hey, we can keep it close. We can dirty it up. And then you saw after the first five minutes, Gonzaga was going to play the way they wanted to. And USC was just on their heels from the rest of the game. Yeah, it, it was an impressive, impressive performance. You know, they get the Timmy guy, uh, Jalen yep. Suggs, you know, the Nisp. I mean, they they just have – they have a star at almost every position. I mean, they really they're, do, man. They're really good, man. They are really, really good. So, yeah, I think Mark Few, he's got it uh, got it figured out. And uh, But I don't, say, I don't think UCLA figures it out. But, I'm, you know, it, 14 points is a lot. But, I, you know, I also thought nine was a lot uh, with USC. But I, I – I don't think so anymore. I mean, I, I think USC is about the same type of team that UCLA is, and I think they beat them a couple times. And I think Gonzaga is going to win it by 20 again. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're, they're good. Right. Yeah, they're four, 14, 14 and a half, depending upon your books where that's at right now. We'll, we'll make those picks a little bit later on as well. But, you, Chad, you mentioned UCLA. Let, let's talk about UCLA. 
again, one of the, I think they are the first team in the first four, right? The play-in game of the tournament to make it all the way to the final four and 11 seed. I know, I think you were happy about that because we got a little side uh, cut option <laughs> there and you got them in the pod. Yeah, 51-49 yeah, over one seed Michigan. I had UCLA making the Sweet six, 16, Chad, so I felt like I probably had them going a little further than most, but my goodness, <laughs> I didn't final see this four. coming. Yeah, I didn't see this coming, did you? No, and that's the, that's, I, I don't want to say downside. That's the excitement of the NCAA is you can just get hot and start running through it. It's not like college football to where you have to win every single week and, you know, you're scared about landing a loss and then not getting voted into the playoff. Like, no, 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 you get to play your way through in college basketball and you have these opportunities arise. And a lot of people argue, well, we don't have the best teams in there. It's like, well, you got basically one, two, and five. I mean, Houston was the number one, two seed, and then Baylor and um, Gonzaga were one and two. And so you got one, two, and five in the final four. And then obviously UCLA was probably in that, you know, 30 or 40 range of typical ranking. So I don't know what you have to be mad about. I still think one of the two best teams is going to win the national title. I don't foresee UCLA winning it. I still have Gonzaga or Baylor coming out with the title. Two top teams going in, two top teams probably coming out. Um, but you know, it's, it's fun to watch UCLA, but, uh, you know, a full week of Gonzaga getting to basically game plan against them and UCLA realizing, holy crap, we're in the moment. We're in the final four. I I think it's going to be one of those. Now they do have a great story with, uh, I think, I believe it's Mike Cronin or Mick Cronin's dad. Um, that's the big fan. He's kind of taken over the sister Jean spot as it was. And, you know, he's just 80-year-old UCLA fan and baby blue cheering hard, so I love it. But uh, I, I don't see them, you know, continuing to wear the, the shoe in Cinderella. Yeah, it seems like every college basketball team has to have an elderly fan now, right? So that's kind of part, oh, yeah. of, part of the mascot. <laughs> so, but no, you know, you chatted, this one was kind of a, a kind of a Rose Bowl matchup to a certain degree, right? You get UCLA, Michigan, kind of a low scoring affair, right? A hundred total points in this one. So I don't, I don't, I know that the total in this one was right around, I think, 130-ish, 120, some, uh, 127, something like that. So it went way, way under. And so I don't know if it was great defense or if it was a little bit of ugly offense, but either way, uh, UCLA, they kind of avoid the, uh, the kind of the buzzer beater scare there by Michigan at the end to uh, uh, to hold off. But uh, yeah, great story, great run for them. And, and I'm with you, you know, it, it has that tinge or that feel of like, hey, we're just kind of happy to be here and we're going up against maybe, you know, one of the best college basketball teams uh, of the last decade or so for sure in Gonzaga. So uh, I, I think that that line is going to be high for a reason. So uh, I, I agree with you on that one. But, you know, speaking of good defense, Chad, Let's go over to the other side of the bracket, and we're going to have this Lone Star showdown, right? But uh, Houston uh, making it through to the Final Four and doing it with kind of a strangulating defense all the way through. Now, some will argue that they had a pretty easy path to the Final Four, right? So there was just upsets that kind of happened ahead of them. Uh, I think they played double-digit seeds all the way through the Elite Eight. But, you know, from Kelvin Sampson's perspective, I think you just you have to beat the teams that are ahead of you, right? So there's nothing that he can really do about that. But this Houston team... They, they rebound and they play good defense, Chad. And, you know, I was on them. I had them going to the national championship uh, and losing to Gonzaga before the bracket even began. So I'm going to continue to ride hard on them. But, you know, defense and rebounding, that travels, right? So your shot's not always going to be falling, but the, they can do those other two things and it's served them well. It's got them to the final it, four, right? It really has. You know, like you said, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're 
their main guy, he's been uh, Giroux, I believe it is. He's been um, held up basically this whole tournament with kind of a hip pointer or hip flexor going on. It's something with his, you know, basically core strength or whatnot, and he's battled through it uh, courageously. So him getting a little bit of rest um, before the before the next game is going to be good for him. But he's heart and soul, and Houston's a good story. I mean, it's a redemption story, right? You got to think about Houston has not really looked good. Uh, not the not the basketball team, but the the town, the city as a whole over the past three or four years. A lot of negative stuffs coming out. The Astros, Deshaun Watson, yeah, Houston yeah. Rockets, James Harden. You know, it's just it hasn't gone well. It, they had a good run, and then they, they three or four years it just oh crap. Um, and the, seeing Kelvin Sampson come around to this team after some. Uh, the way he left OU, the way he left Indiana, um, kind of some show cause stuff with the NCAA, had to go to the NBA for a little bit of time and just kind of whatnot. And making a, a comeback on the college scene, I'm happy for him. You know, um, I do think it ends. I think, you know, the Battle of Texas, whoever's Texas state champs, um, you know, I think it's going to be Baylor. I don't think it's going to be Houston, but. Again, like you said, it's one game. Anything can happen in defense and rebounding travel well. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's talk about your Baylor Bears, Chad. You and you and our man Ty Biz, right? So Ty Beaver, yeah. uh, high on the Baylor Bears, and, uh, and, and understandably so, right? The number two overall seed coming into it. As you mentioned, with all the crazy upsets through the first two or three weeks of the tournament, um, you know, it is – has the potential and probably will end up pretty chalky whenever it's all said and done yeah. with the obvious lean towards a Gonzaga Baylor national championship at this point, based upon everything that we've seen over the last two weeks. Uh, but Baylor, you know, they hold off uh, a late run there by the hogs of Arkansas. Arkansas was a good story too, making it all the way yeah. through the elite eight there, but Baylor, I mean, they're so long, so athletic Chad, and they can defend as well. But uh, you know, I I've given a lot of shtick, to, uh, to head coach Scott Drew down there just because I don't think he's a great X's and O coach, but he takes this team to the final four. So he shut me up. So kudos to him. I got to give him some love and some dap because I've given him some hard times on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> I mean, the Baylor Bears team, man, they're, they're good, Chad. They're really good. They're good. You know, and, and I think Scott Drew takes approach of he's the CEO of Baylor basketball. You know, he may not be always the X's and O guy, but honestly, like he's running that program decent. And let's be honest, like, the way he took over that program after the murder of a player, I think it was Jonathan Doxson or something like that, yep, yep. if I remember the name correctly. Um, I mean, I know he's been he's like the third longest tenured head coach or something in the yeah, nation. He's been there for like 18 years or something. It's I was crazy. gonna say, like it's it's nuts. Um that I, I think he's done a, a great job and he is a reason. Um you see your programs like um, you know. Texas is probably going to go after someone aggressive uh, for their basketball program because of people like uh, Scott Drew at Baylor, because of people like Kelvin Sampson at Houston, because of people like Chris Beard at Texas Tech. Um, and what you just mentioned, you mentioned the piggies there. Uh, Eric Musselman's got a good little program going on. And don't, don't be surprised if uh, an Oklahoma or a Texas comes calling. I don't know if they're better jobs in Arkansas, but, I wouldn't be surprised on that one seeing Chris Beard and Eric Musselman really look hard at Texas and Oklahoma. But uh, I, I, I think this is where the Baylor Bears assert themselves. Devontae uh, Davion, excuse me, Davion Mitchell 
is one of the quickest and fastest oh, ball goodness, handlers yes. I've seen in the last couple of years. Um, and nobody's talking about him in the NBA draft, but he's going to be one of those players. He's going to get on a team, and he's going to quietly have 14 points, seven assists, eight rebounds, uh, basically every game. He, I don't think he's ever going to be an all-star in the NBA, but that, that guy's going to be a major contributor, and he's going to have a long 12-year career as long as he keeps his head on straight. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he people cannot stay in front of him, Chad. He just blows no. by and, uh, and finds a way to, uh, to get off a layup. He's a hell of a defender, rim, too, so. man. Yes, yes. No, you're uh, right. Maybe kind of a Jamal Tinsley-esque, you know, kind of a sixth NBA, a guy that comes off the bench, can provide some scoring from the point guard position there. Yeah, I'm with you. He's I think he's got some uh, – he's got an NBA career ahead of him. I, I agree with you. Uh, on that statement, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, from a local tie-in standpoint there, Chad, we kind of glossed over it a little bit, but yeah, both Oklahoma and Texas uh, looking for basketball coaches. Now, Oklahoma looking for a men's and women's basketball coach, yep. so kind of a, a, a strange deal there, but the Lon Kruger hanging it up, Sherry Cole hanging it up, Shaka Smart, obviously he's moving on, been named the uh, head coach at Marquette now, uh, but, um, you know, I, I'm hearing rumors of the uh, the Texas Tech coach, right? So that uh, yep, might, he might be in the uh, the running there, Chris Beard, for uh, for University of Texas, but... yeah. I think it's going to be him or Musselman. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, Texas will go after it. And they've got amazing resources. I know OU's had a better program, um, I would say, over the last five years, five to ten years with Kruger. I think he was a great coach. Um, I just think OU's facilities are, are terrible. Um, and so I think Texas is a better job. And if you had to – if I had to rank Big 12 jobs, I would sit there and I'd probably I'd, – I'd have Kansas one, obviously. That's the best job in the Big 12. I would have OU and Texas probably anywhere in that second or third. I think Baylor's a really good job right now, but and the amount of money Waco's spending to kind of be a big school in Texas is great. But, I mean, the Big 12 is still going to be OU and Texas's conference. It's always going to be that way. There's no other two uh, universities that can carry it. So I want OU Texas to be, to be good, and I do think they are either the – the second best job in the Big 12 or the they're in a tie for third. Yeah. And, you know, we'll we'll see what Josie does on that. You know, Castiglione's had a, a long history now of making good hires uh, for uh, uh, the sports programs there at OU. But, man, Long Kruger, he's going to be a tough guy to replace, Chad. He, he just he gets is. so much out of the talent that he has. And you yeah. about a guy who's a great X's and O coach. I, you know, Kruger's had success everywhere he's been. I think he's one of the – just a handful or maybe maybe the only coach. I can't remember how that's taken four different teams – uh, yeah. to the uh, to the tournament five uh, five right. okay yeah yeah I'm, I'm selling him short yeah he's even better than what i thought he was so, yeah, yeah, he he's started kansas incredible state coach. yeah 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 UNLV. No, I, I agree it's going to be interesting to see uh what ou does and again it'll be a, a new look uh, across the basketball program there with uh, sherry cole uh hanging it up as well i think she was there for 25 years so uh, a new Goodness. new era of ou basketball <laughs> Uh, and we'll uh, we'll see what Joe C has in store for us there uh, as Sooner fans. But well, Chad, you know, I told you, you know, thirty minutes, right? I know you've got some uh, some meetings to get to a little bit later, so kind of an abbreviated BBSBC pod here today. But you know, I got to get back to the tables, my friend. So I can't let the old lady, uh, you know, take all the. <laughs> got to get them while they're here. hot. Man. That's right. That's right. So it'll be relatively <laughs> quiet down there in the morning uh, from a Vegas standpoint. So maybe I can get in and get a get a hot table here. But you know, before I let you go, we we got to make the picks, and I think you yep. kind of alluded to the picks here. But uh, let's let's start with the early game on Saturday afternoon, Chad. The Texas uh, showdown here, Houston-Baylor. All right, we got Baylor is a five-point favorite uh, as it stands right now, over under 135, 134 and a half, depending upon your book. Who you got in that first matchup, bud? 
I got Baylor, man. Um, I think Baylor wins this thing by double digits. Um, I think it. I think it's just. I I think this whole year is destined to see Baylor and Gonzaga in there, and I think Baylor's just too fast and too long for them. No, I I I tend to agree with you, Chad. But since I've been riding for it for Houston <laughs> from the from the get go here, I'll take Houston to cover the spread. And again, it's five five and a half depending upon your book. You might be able to buy a half a point there, get it up to five and a half or six. Uh, and I, I I like the under on this this uh, game, Chad. I do think that Houston can maybe impose their will a little bit and force them to ugly it up and play a slower style of basketball, which I think will keep Houston in it. Uh, but I, I'm with you from a money line standpoint uh, and just an outright winner. I think Baylor finds a way. They're, they're too good, too, uh, too long, too athletic, and I think that they'll make some plays down the stretch. But I think this will be an entertaining uh, uh, Final Four uh, uh, first showdown here. Um, on Saturday afternoon. But um, let's go to the nightcap, Chad. The West Coast swing here, UCLA, Gonzaga. We talked about it earlier. The Zags are a 14, 14 and a half point favorite, which seems like a huge, huge line uh, for a Final Four game. And I guess it is. Total here on this one, 145 and a half. So Vegas expecting a few more points. And the way that Gonzaga plays, understandably so. Zags and Bruins, bud, who you got in this one? I got Zags, man. I think Zags win this game by 20 points. <laughs> you know, I know the line's 13 and a half, 14 and uh, 20 points. Like, it, that's a lot of points. But I, I do think they win by 20. I think it is like an 88 to 64, 69 type game uh, here. And I think, I think the Zags just run all over them like you just saw last night, too. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it'll be a similar play out to what we saw last night against USC. I mean, UCLA, again, kind of a similar style, but they just don't have the talent. You know, they don't have the mobile <laughs> brothers I know. down low, and that uh, that didn't pan out too well for the Trojans there. But, yeah, the money line, minus 1,100. So you have to uh, – you know, Vegas seems to be pretty uh, dead set on the fact that the Zags are going to win this thing. And so I'm with you. I, I don't know how high they're going to have to make that line to continue to get some money to kind of come in on UCLA. But uh, wouldn't shock me if that line even goes up a little bit before it's all said and done but all right Chad well Gonzaga Baylor uh, that seems to be the consensus picks here you know Houston a little further down uh, I think the, uh, the the totem pole if we will from an opportunity to win it all come Monday night but uh, uh, who's going to be cutting down the nets Monday night in Indianapolis bud I think it's Gonzaga you know after watching them back and forth I think it's Gonzaga um, I'm hoping not because I had Baylor uh, basically prior to the tournament but I'm hoping um, in a few bets, but I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping Baylor puts up a fight, but Zag, they've convinced me over the last three, three games that it's just, it's their world right now. It's almost destiny trying to get to 32 and 0, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, first team since 1976, the Indiana Hoosiers, if they can pull it off, Chad. So, and I love the symmetry there. The Hoosiers that year were 32 and 0 as well. So, uh, I think it, I think it's the the storyline that a lot of folks are probably rooting for. Uh, and Zag is a great story, right? So, small school, Pacific Northwest, and uh, again, Mark Few's done an absolute uh, masterpiece of it. He really has. There. I think it's time that he stands up on the podium. Absolutely, my friend. I'm with you. Uh, wouldn't hurt my feelings at all, at all if that's how it plays out. Uh, this weekend. So, well, bud, you know, I've enjoyed it again. Like I said, I know you've got some meetings to get to, so I appreciate uh, you, uh, you riding a shotgun with me here and uh, any, any other side bets? Uh, we got, I got some European soccer coming up uh, later today. I'm, I'm going to watch that in the sports book, bud. So you, any other, yeah, I was going to say Yankees and wankers, man, they gotta, you know, you guys gotta make some picks on what's going on here. And I, and I, forgive me. I think there's something going to be going on at chalk here over the next couple of weeks. That's right. That's uh, right. 
Yeah, we'll be uh, doing a little uh, uh, Champions League action out there uh, towards the end of May, or, or I guess, well, semifinal game there out there at the uh, the first week of May, and then uh, hopefully doing the uh, UCL, uh, UCL uh, Champions League final out there on Memorial Day weekend with you guys. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be posted up there around 11:45 of uh, Vegas time, uh, catching some uh, European soccer there in the sports. There you go, out here at Mandalay Bay, bud. So, well, again, appreciate you riding shotgun with me, Chad. So, looking forward to getting back to Oklahoma and seeing you guys uh, at Chalk uh, this weekend, uh, watching the Final Four action, and uh, we're gonna have a good time doing that. But uh, you know, while this will wrap it up for this episode, gang, remember that the conversation doesn't end here. Uh, to keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, you can check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that is pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Good luck this weekend. Enjoy all the games and the matches, and we'll talk to you next week, gang. <laughs>